Hey guys, this is Clint, and today I'm going to be sharing my story about my encounter with a racist who thought I was stealing his girlfriend. And um, looking back now, I mean, I actually think it was petty. I mean, the whole situation was too dramatic, and it got overblown, um, at least to me in my head. So, uh, actually, hold on. Let, let me just tell the story. Let me just tell you the story. All right. So I was about 18, 19, I was working at a restaurant, and back then I was both a server and a cook. And then uh, one day, this girl, a new girl started working with us, and let's just say her name's Amy. It's not her real name, but let's call her Amy. And she started working with us. And I was super helpful to her, just like everybody else. I was helpful to everybody else. You know, she, yeah, she had her training and whatnot, but she still needed help with some other stuff like she was asking questions here and there and uh one time we were at the back of the restaurant we were both getting ice and all of a sudden she says hey clint i think i love you and i'm like whoa what so i knew this girl had a girl had a boyfriend I've seen the guy come in and out of the restaurant before. Heck, I made food for the guy. Remember I told you I was a cook? I made food for the guy. So I don't know what made this girl tell me that. Because I was just being helpful to her. I mean, and yeah, I actually made some, I actually made food for her a couple times. But I did that to a lot of the, I did that to a lot of the servers. I mean, sometimes I would sneak out some burgers, some bacon, and then cheese, and I'll put them together in casserole, and then give it to the servers if they're stressed out, and tell them, "Hey, you go take a break. Here's food." You know, you know. So I don't know what what made this girl, what made Amy tell tell me that she was falling in love with me, and uh, I said, "Thank you." <laughs> That's it. Thank you. And I thought everything went back to normal. And I thought that was trouble. She was trouble anyway because she had a boyfriend, man. So I just thought nothing of it. Forgot about it. Until about a week. A week later, somebody texted me late at night. Maybe 8 o'clock, not late. Somebody texted me. And it was a number that I didn't recognize. And... It said, hey, this is Nicole. Have you seen, have you talked to Amy? And I said, no. Now, side note, Nicole is somebody that we worked with together. Not her real name, by the way. It's not her real name. Anyway, and I said, no, haven't seen her. And uh, the next text message message said, she, I heard she likes you. And then I responded, yeah, that's what she said. And then here's the next message. You, you're you not going to be, believe this. This is the next message that I got. Hey, this is David, Amy's boyfriend. Stay the F away from Amy. On the same number. So I'm like, holy crap. This guy's crazy. This guy is manipulative. He, I mean, he started out, he started out posing as Nicole just to get information from me about what Amy told me a week before that. I'm like, oh my gosh, man, this guy's, 
this guy is a psychopath. So, so I texted back and I'm like, dude, chill. You got, you can relax. I'm not interested in her. Um, so yeah, we're just friends. And you know what he said? Beep, 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 beep. It was a really long text message of him pretty much saying, no, I don't believe you, blah, blah, blah. And it had the most colorful curse words. It had the most creative curse words I've ever seen in my entire life. And it would probably be like 10 or 15 text messages that he sent me. Just him saying, I don't believe you. Stay away from her, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, dang, this guy's nuts. <laughs> so I put the phone down and I just let it ring. I just let it uh, vibrate all night. That guy didn't stop, man. That guy was nuts. I was actually I wondered why he didn't call me instead. That would have been quicker. But I guess he was pretty, he was scared. I don't know. So yeah, I let that go, and I uh, I showed the text messages to my boss, and she told me, okay, stay away from this guy. All right, I went to work. I went to work one night, and then again, this guy texted back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. He texted me and this actually, this text message made me mad. And this is what he said. Uh, this is what he said. Go back to where you came from. I don't care who you are. You don't belong here in the U.S. You want to marry a white girl like my, like Amy? Well, tough. She's engaged to me. She's my fiance. And here's the thing. He spelled fiance wrong. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but that made me mad. Here's why. My mom came here to the U.S. in 2003 by herself. Sacrificed three years working at the hospital as a nurse. Not being able to see her whole family. And when she came to visit at home in the Philippines, she lost like a ton of weight, so I knew she was stressed out, and she didn't want to. She didn't want to come back here to the U.S., but she had to toughen it up. Three years later, the whole family, my mom, I mean my dad, me and my brothers and sisters, were able to come here to the U.S. because of my mom's sacrifice for three years of her life working at at the hospital, and for some bastard to say. You don't belong here to the U.S. That made me livid. I mean, that was tough, man. So I said, "Bring it on! Come here to the restaurant. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna be, beat the crap out of you." And he said, "I'm gonna be there." So I took, I took a spoon. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I took a spoon. Well, well, let me explain. <laughs> so. Um, when it came to the U.S., I learned hand-to-hand -hand combat. I've actually done martial arts almost half of my life, and uh, I met a guy. One of my good instructors actually taught me how to learn how to fight with a knife. And you can use you can substitute a knife with anything. I mean, a spoon, a fork, a cup, whatever you know, a pen. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna beat the crap out of this kid. So I took a knife so that it wouldn't be obvious, and then uh. I was about to head out, and I told the boss, and I and the I told the boss about what happened. The guy actually texted me, said he's on his way, and she, I guess she probably knew that I was super angry. And uh, she said, she said, "All right, hold on, what's going on?" And then uh, I saw I showed her my 
phone, the text messages. And uh, I told her, I'm just going to go out real quick. I'll be back. And you know what my boss said? If you go out that door, I'm going to call the cops on you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man. Not an... I don't want to. I don't want to go to jail. So I just so I just let it go, and I stayed inside. Um, apparently, the guy never showed up. Never showed up at the restaurant. So, as soon as I was done with my shift, I went home, and I showed my family, mom, my my dad, my mom was in there. I showed my dad and my brother and sisters the text message, and obviously they. My brother and sisters were actually mad, just like me. So they were like, yeah, go fuck the guy up. And uh, I told him that my dad was different. His reaction was, don't, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Let it go. So I'm like, why? You're as much as an immigrant as I am. We need to defend ourselves. We need to stand up to these people. And she, he said, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So it actually took about two, two, three years to actually to see the wisdom behind what, what my dad was saying. You know, um, I actually thought, I mean, when I went to college, I actually thought, oh, man, what would I? I mean, if I, if I beat that kid up, I'd either go to jail or... I would either go to jail or a hospital, you know, and it would have been a lose-lose situation. So I just let it go. I did keep the text messages just in case I needed, if I, if I needed to involve the authorities. But he never, I guess he stopped. He stopped talking to me. Um, Here's the thing. I had to look up this guy. I mean, yeah, I let it go. I mean... I tried to ignore him as much as I could, but I investigated him pretty much. So I went to MySpace. We had MySpace then. <laughs> it was MySpace, and then I went to Facebook. I found it on Facebook. I talked to everyone and that I knew who knew him as well. And you know what I found out? This guy was nuts. Well, you already knew that. You already know that, but he was so insecure that he actually wouldn't let his girlfriend hang out with her friends. Not even her female friends. I mean, this guy was strangling the relationship. It was bad, right? And here's what I thought. I went from mad to feeling sad for the guy. Why? Because it made me think, okay, what kind of environment is this guy being raised in? What kind of family is raising him? Is he insecure because is he insecure because he's scared that the one person that's giving him attention is missing or hasn't talked to him at least? Because yeah, we have, we haven't seen the girl actually. We haven't seen Amy at the restaurant for weeks, so she probably ran away from this guy. I don't know. And he thought I was, I took her or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, that was one thing that I, that was an epiphany for me, you know. That 
it, I actually wondered if he if she if he really was racist. Maybe he just said those bad things because he was just worried that the girl that he I don't know he was going out with is gone, disappeared. I don't know. So yeah, so the one thing that I actually want to share is that the lesson that I want to share in this episode is that if you do encounter a racist, yet yeah, um the default uh, the default reaction by most people is actually to say f this, you know, to re- react violently or feel sad, but you need to realize that it's not you who's the problem, it's actually them. Think about it. Whatever comes out of their mouth, you know, whether it's a racist slur or the way they act, you know, it's actually the contents of their heart. It's the reflection of the contents of their heart. So if you do encounter racists, I mean, don't worry about them. Just let it go. In fact, you should feel sad for them because they're the ones who have problems in their heart and in their head, in their mind. So that's the lesson that I want to share. That's the podcast for today. And uh, before I wrap up, just like the first episode, come on, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, hear from you guys. If you have a story similar to this, you know, send it to me. I'm gonna be posting this on the immigrant immigrant survival guide group. Is that what it's called? I think I think that's what it's called, immigrant survival community. Or something like that. You'll find it on Facebook. Just type some of those words in and you'll see the group. And uh, I'm going to be posting it and just leave your comments on the comment section. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear about you. Um, if you have a story, post it there so that other people can learn from you, learn from you as well. And if you have a really cool story to tell, I'd love to... Uh, I'd love to... Read them online or the podcast as well so that um, other people can learn from your experience. All right, guys. So that's today's episode. Um, There's a for the next episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, the one thing, the one principle that I wish I knew when I was when I was young, when I was a kid, if because I would have I would have dodge a bunch of mistakes back then if I knew this principle. So yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks.